Pocket. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Asaf Shalvi. He's the CEO of SwiftShift. He started SwiftShift in 2016 in the U.S. It's a platform that's focused on improving the work conditions of home care employees. He's been helping hourly employees get better jobs for the last 20 years. He started his career working with the government to set up employment services that deliver better performance. He then worked at Maximus, a New York stock exchange company, MMS, internationally to deliver high-quality welfare to work and disability employment programs, helping to build a multi-million dollar business for the company in Europe. Later, he joined A4E, later acquired by Staffline, to develop the international business of employment and training programs in Asia, Europe, and Australia. And today, he's here to help our healthcare system in the area of home health and all the employees that struggle uh, to take care of patients in the home. It's a big area of need, and I'm excited to dive into what they're doing there with Asaf and uh, and learn more about what he and his team are are crafting over there at uh, uh, Swift Shift. So, Asaf, such a pleasure to have you here today. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. My pleasure. So, tell us a little bit more about what inspires your work in healthcare, but specifically around this idea of an hourly employee and empowering them. So I was always passionate about helping people realize their potential and give people more opportunities to be self-sufficient and enjoy life and do more with themselves. And I think that over the last 10, 15 years, we can see a lot of progress in the opportunities that people have to find work and make money through platforms like Airbnb and Uber and many other online businesses that created business models for people to become almost like micro-businesses mm-hmm. and build their careers through that. At the same time, we also see that enterprise employees constantly have better conditions, unlimited paid time off, and more sophisticated technology to work with, to communicate, to be productive. But there is one segment that I think through that sort of progress, didn't really see much change in their work. And these are a lot of the employees that today, you know, when we are all stuck at home and still go to work and are considered essential employees. And these are people that work in, uh, you know, retail, supermarkets, in in home care, in healthcare in general, and some, uh, you know, uh, restaurants, hospitality jobs. These hourly employees, if you look back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, yeah, maybe they get now the orders for food through a tablet and not piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, nothing much has changed for them, both in their ability in the recruitment process and how they find work. They still have to go on these uh, job boards and uh, scroll through hundreds of job opportunities that really don't tell them much about their position. And then have to go through a very inefficient recruitment processes that require them to come in for interviews where they have to wait and fill in paper forms in, a, in an era where this is definitely unnecessary. And eventually, even when they get employed, they don't really have a lot of control about when they work, how much they earn. They don't really have a lot of flexibility. Uh, oftentimes, they're employed as sort of, a, you know, without any guaranteed hours and benefits. And, and uh, this is very true for home care employees, which are part of that uh, segment in the workforce. And with, I thought that, you know, this is where 
Uh, right now, there is a huge opportunity to improve the experience for employees is in that segment of enterprise employees that are being employed at entry-level salaries and being in home care and similar services. So that's what got me into it in the first place. Uh, that's super interesting, uh, Asaf. And you think about this problem as a whole across many different industries, right? This, this, uh, this employee that is sort of stranded, they don't get guaranteed hours, they don't get benefits, but yet they're so necessary to the day-to-day of, of what goes on in our lives, whether it be grocery stores, hotels, home care. So you honed into home care as, as a niche within this entire problem. So tell us a little bit more about the thought process there and how Swift Shift the business you've built to address this problem is is making a, a difference and adding value to the healthcare ecosystem. So, w- when you look at, at the employees that you're trying to uh, to work with and improve their uh, opportunities, I think the one thing that is important is to give people meaningful work. It's very hard to work in these low-paid jobs. The shifts are long. The physical conditions are tough. Many of these jobs are physical, whether it's working in a 400 degrees kitchen or working in home care where you have to uh, move people around and bathe people. And so you want to make sure that even if the pay is not what you would like it to be, that at least the job is meaningful. So that was a big advantage in home care because it's tough to get out of bed, you know, and to do a night shift on a, even, you know, a Christmas day or a bank holiday and leave your family when it's freezing outside for 10, 12, 20 bucks an hour. Uh, you're not doing it for the money. Right. And so, but, it, but if you want to deliver reliable service, it's easier to do it when there is a connection, when there's a relationship, when there is, you know, something that uh, connects to the heart. And uh, the second thing is obviously the growth. So you want to operate in an industry that's growing. Uh, home care is uh, enjoying structural growth because of trends in uh, population and the aging of the population. The, uh, the pediatric side of home care is growing because uh, infants are and babies are surviving now uh, earlier and earlier. And so that's also helping uh, make sure that there's always work around for everybody. Uh, so as a as a platform, we uh, sort of only need to mo- to uh, really focus on uh, the supply side because the demand mm-hmm. side is growing organically and uh, is always going to be there for us. And finally, uh, in home care, there is an ability to start and building a career, right? So you can start working in home care with very little skills or no skills at all, or certifications if you want to provide care to a relative. In most states, in many states in the United States. Uh, they have consumer direct programs, it's called, where you can take care of a relative uh, with very minimal uh, requirements from a licensure and background checks and others. And then if you, if you like the job and if you connect to it, uh, you can start and progress and get a, a license, uh, initially maybe a certified nurse assistant. But if you uh, really want to build a career, you can become a licensed pract- practitioner nurse and a registered nurse and a nurse practitioner, you know, really build your earning potential from you know uh, 10 15 dollars an hour to 50 60 and more dollars an hour while also uh, working at the same time mm-hmm. and so this was also important for us to help people not just put them into some kind of a, you know what people call sometimes a dead end job but also allow them to get into a career that has a trajectory to increase earnings to be able to save to invest 
to buy assets and to really make a real change to your uh, life trajectory and your opportunities. Hmm. So interesting, Asaf. And, and, and what a great mission, right? I, I mean, I just, just love the mission of the company. And thanks for the insight on why you guys chose home care. Uh, certainly uh, the meaningful work, the growth, the ability to grow career, all that stuff is there. So tell us how it lays into the healthcare ecosystem. Who are you helping and what is what are you guys doing that's different than what's being done today? Home care is part of the post-acute setting. So if you think about the healthcare services or the healthcare industry, you have sort of the acute services, which are mostly patients that are in the hospitals. And then you have the post-acute services, which are skilled nursing and home care, which take care of people and when they recover. And the main output of home care services is actually keeping people out of hospitals, is, is helping people out of hospitals and out of institutions. So people that receive home care hope that they will be able to stay out of hospitals, stay out of a skilled nursing facility, be able to live in their home, or, or if it's an infant, a baby, to, to be able to be at home with their family and become healthy over time. And so you're really operating between the hospital systems, which are looking to discharge patients. And now during Corona days, more than ever, right, it's very right. important to have an efficient discharge operation. So that's the one sort of a stakeholder. Then you have the home health care agencies that hold the licenses to deliver home care services on behalf of either Medicaid, Medicare, whatever the, the payer is. And then, of course, you have the patient itself or the patient's family that are receiving the care. And we are operating in the middle of this kind of triangle. On the hospital side, we partner with hospitals uh, to help them connect patients that are waiting for discharge to uh, reliable quality home care teams uh, so that uh, the hospitals don't have to suffer from delayed discharges, which cost them money and uh, prevent them from taking in new patients. Mm -hmm. Then we kind of help match that patient to a, a local care team uh, that can take care of the patient. Then find a home care agency that will uh, basically manage the case, manage the clinical supervision of the case and build a payer and pay the employees. And there we have a few partnerships with home care providers in different geographies, which we always are looking to extend and expand. And finally, of course, it's the patient or the family and uh, we want to make sure that the family and the patient are happy with the care team, that they're receiving a reliable service, and that they, are, uh, they have sort of a high satisfaction rating uh, from the service. So that, that gives us an, a way to showcase our uh, value to hospitals because the hospitals know that if the home care service is of high quality and the patient is satisfied, then the readmission rates will go down and the patient will become over time hopefully uh, better and they will not have to see them again in the hospital. So this is where we operate, and we're focused on it from the perspective of, of the care team and the nurses. So we will look mm -hmm. at sort of our nurses and care teams, and we will uh, look for patients and opportunities that uh, match what they're looking for, and we will help them acquire that patient, and we will help them to service the patient with our technology. Fascinating. I love the lay of the land and how you cover all stakeholders, the hospitals, the home care agencies, and the recipients. You're interfacing with all these stakeholders. The sweet spot and where you deliver the most value is with the agencies, correct? 
I think there's a value in all places. So if you look at the hospitals in the pediatric space where we, we have a lot of uh, sort of activity, about 15% of, uh, of patients have delayed discharges. And so that's kind of one in seven patients will be delayed. And when the patient is delayed, in most cases, the hospital is not getting paid anymore by the insurance company because as far as the payer is, is concerned, uh, the patient is uh, ready for discharge. The hospital days are expensive, you know, it's uh, four or oh, yeah. $5,000 a day. And the average delay is around 50 days. Okay, so you're talking about almost 5,000. Five zero, yeah. Wow. So you're talking about, uh, for Long each delay. one of these patients, about $200,000 that in many cases the hospitals have to kind of take, take the grunt and, uh, and pay for without getting reimbursed. So, and, and the case managers in the hospital also find themselves spending their days making phone calls to home care agencies and start trying to string together sometimes three, four agencies for each patient so they can get this agency to do Monday and this agency to take Tuesday. And that's not really their job. They become mm. almost, you know, schedulers almost. Yeah. Right? Instead of, you know, focusing on building a good uh, discharge plan and then uh, making sure that it's implemented. Obviously, for the agencies, that's also the value is significant because uh, what happens today is that many agencies don't take referrals. During these times of corona, many home care agencies, at least in the states we're working in, don't take referrals at all. But even in normal days, many agencies say no to the majority of the referrals that they get from the hospitals because of staffing issues, because of the nurse shortage. So our ability to sort of hand over to the agency, not just a referral or just a nurse, but a matched nurse and case, Right. this is kind of almost a certain revenue opportunity for the agency. And, and uh, with the Medicaid sort of long-term cases, again, pediatric cases being a good example, this is a case that can go on for 18 years and sometimes become an adult case. And so you're, you're looking at, you know, sometimes millions of dollars in revenues that the agency can capitalize on because we have the care team, we have the case, and we kind of package it and hand it over to the agency to take it and, and run with it. And obviously, the nurses and the caregivers also benefit because they get to choose the... So today, when, if you go to any job board and look for a home care job as LPN, a licensed practitioner nurse, you will see a lot of ads that will say, hey, we're looking for nurses, flexible work, great pay, apply, right? Yeah. And then you hit apply and you have to fill five pages of forms. And then you're going, to have, you're going to be called by somebody to do a phone screening. And then they're going to ask you to come to the office for an interview. And then you're going to have to call in sick to the hospital where you work or take a day off to go to that interview. And then you, you'll go through a skills test and a competency test and another interview. And after about 30, 40 days and you spending about a full-time week getting hired, they're going to get hired. They're going to say to you, okay, we've got a case for you. This is the case. And you're going to look at the neighborhood. You're going to say, I'm not going to go there. I mean, you know, I'm 90 plus percent of home care employees are women and the work is sometimes at night. Maybe it's a dangerous neighborhood. Maybe you only want to work with female patients. Maybe they have a dog and you're allergic to dogs, whatever it is. Right. And then you kind of realize that, you know, I'm, 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 I've just wasted all this time. And 40% of home care cases lose the nurse then, uh, or, or a majority of their nurses within the first 
30 days. So imagine what a waste that That's is crazy. for everybody. For everybody, you know, for, for the everybody. patient to, to get used so to inefficient. the team. And until you got somebody into your home to stay with your kids or with your, with your, with your uh, father or grandfather. And, you know, you need to trust uh, that person because they have access to all your uh, personal uh, artifacts and to your loved ones and leave them with your baby or with your infant. And now after two, three weeks, you know, we're being told that the nurse is no longer uh, going to show up because we're going to find somebody else. That's a huge disruption. It is. Uh, so we kind of flip the process. We kind of say, okay, let's match the nurses and the, and the patients while they're still in the hospital. We've, uh, the, we've built data model that kind of predicts what would be a good match. And so uh, we use sort of that uh, data model as well, you know, uh, using machine learning to, 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 to make these matches more uh, automated and achieve better results in uh, case retention, which is good for everybody. It's good for the care team. Uh, it's good for the patient. It's good for the home care agency because it reduces the cost of managing the case. It's good for the hospital and the health uh, and the health plans uh, because it means that the uh, you know continuity continuity of care is highly correlated with with recovery and uh, hitting healthcare outcomes. Yeah, that's super interesting, Asaf. Can you, can you tell me about maybe a story of how you guys have made a difference for one of those stakeholders, whether it be a hospital? agency recipients or, or, or workers yeah so we uh, around christmas time is always challenging because people travel people are on holiday but right. still you need to deliver a good service and so uh, one of our uh, agency partners wanted to uh, find ways even through this challenging time to continue and deliver a reliable service and so we partnered and we ran together a few very targeted campaigns that were targeted at both bringing in new cases and also advertising or promoting existing cases that needed to be covered because the care teams were away. And in a very short period of time, we managed to secure tens of thousands of home care hours for that partner, hundreds of employees. I think it was about 300 uh, nurses and caregivers that you know uh, stepped up and they said, okay, we'll take more hours, we'll cover more shifts, we'll work with more cases. It was really a win-win for everybody, for these employees that did want to work over the Christmas period and needed the extra money, for the families that needed that help during Christmas, and for the home care agency that wanted to keep its promises to everybody, right, to the right. patients, to the, to the families, and to the payers to be able to deliver a reliable, reliable service even through that difficult seasonal peak in demand and, uh, you know, trough in supply. Interesting. So really just a combination of all of the the different solutions that you guys offer, the ease of intake, the transparency between case and worker, uh, and matchmaking between the the recipient of the care and the and the caregiver. Everything kind of came together during this, you know, early on you mentioned supply side issues. <laughs> and during the holidays, supply is a big issue, right? Supply of care. So you guys managed to shift that supply and help cover this agency in a, in a really powerful way. Yeah, and the, the opportunity is that home care is still today managed in a very manual way. Very manual and very, very sort of local, locally organized way. So you have case managers 
that manage a caseload of, you know, 20, 30 patients and a roster of about 50, 60 nurses and caregivers. And they kind of work in isolation, even within the same office. You know, one office that can take care of 200 patients will have these, you know, 10 case managers that are always trying to work and optimize for their census or their group. So there's a lot of opportunity to create efficiency, convenience, safety, reliability with technology that enables the caregivers and the nurses. We, we uh, believe in an approach that focuses on enablement of the care teams. Just like, you know, many other platforms did, you know, Uber, Airbnb, and others, they really enable people to take control over their own kind of destiny. And, you know, if you want to set up a small business on Airbnb, Airbnb or one of these platforms, you go, you rent a few apartments, you make, you make them look nice, you give good service, and Airbnb will enable you with marketing your property, uh, making sure that you have nice photos, collecting money for you, providing customer service and insurance. And we are operating under the same sort of methodology of creating these care teams, helping them to manage the day-to-day, helping them find new business, find new cases, helping them find the best agency partners to work with that will pay them the best wages and will treat them and, and provide the most efficient recruitment processes. And, and through that, create more reliable service and also a more attractive environment for employees because people work harder for their teammates than for their bosses. Right, mm-hmm. that's the reality that everybody, anybody who ever either played team sports or was in the army or was in any kind of settings when you have a, a small close team that has to face challenges, right? The nurses that work today in the hospital wards day and night to treat corona patients, they wake up in the morning and they show up for their teams because they know that they are, their team is going to be there and they're not going to let down the team in this hour of need. And through creating the same environment on our platform for home care teams, we increase the reliability of the service, but we also give people a feeling of belonging to a group, to a team that works together. And, and we help through that, hopefully attract more people into the industry because the industry needs more people. And right. if you provide a flexible work, a higher pay, daily pay, ability to get benefits, ability to choose your own cases and clients, ability to work with a local team of caregivers that can cover for you and that you can collaborate with to deliver the service. And all the support that we provide from a customer support perspective, maybe if you're a social worker or a teacher and you want to kind of explore other opportunities for a second job or for another job, we can attract you to give home care a try. And as we all know, this industry needs a lot more employees. And who knows, maybe this corona crisis will, will make people reevaluate their careers, especially when they're sitting at home. And if this podcast is maybe aired in time for that, then it's an opportunity to say to people, you know, if you worked in a restaurant chain that is now closed in any other place that you're not sure is going to be around afterwards, take a look at home care and uh, take hmm. a look at what we have to offer on, on the SwiftShift platform. And maybe you found yourself a new career where you can work in your community, help your neighbors and friends, work with a team, and build your career. And as I said, you can start uh, in a very humble way, uh, doing you know, 15, 10, 15 hours a week without, much, without any qualifications required or skills. 
And you can take it all the way to making $150,000 a year uh, as, a, as a registered nurse, uh, you know, full-time. And it's really 100% up to you because the work will be there. <laughs> the, the demand mm-hmm. will be there and the need will be there. And there's a lot of opportunities for education and upskilling that are subsidized or provided by the states because of the acute shortage in home care employees. So take advantage of it. Great message. Great message, Asaf. And uh, something for all of us to keep in mind and consider. The website is swiftshift.com. Check them out. Correct. And so really the the question that I was wondering about here is great story, right? I mean, you guys had success, but tell me about one of the challenges you've had and and a setback and what you learned from that setback that's made you guys better. As any startup, we, there's a lot of challenges and there's a lot of setbacks. Um, obviously, home care wasn't our first choice as an industry, not even healthcare. So when, when I started SwiftShift, uh, we looked at uh, different segments, hospitality, retail, gyms, etc. And we, we kind of, and home care. So when we had the challenges in, in every industry, but eventually we, we learned that uh, healthcare and home care is where we want to focus on. Uh, in home care uh, or post-acute care, I would say. Then we had yeah. looked at skilled nursing facilities and home care, and so had a few home skilled nursing facilities uh, contracts, which uh, we decided to move away from and focus on the home care segment. And in home care itself, we started uh, initially trying to kind of fill shifts and connect between to, to offer an enterprise solution to agencies uh, to manage and communicate with their employees and thought that through that we will be able to uh, solve this problem. Uh, mm-hmm. But we, re- we, we failed there as well and we realized that just, by, that just automating things and sending people messages is actually not going to create uh, the efficiency and reliability that we're looking for. And that it's uh, deeper here. That it's about the relationships. It's about people's uh, commitment to their patients, and that the way to do it is really through creating these care team environment. And and then we also discovered that really what we see with working with an agency, we kind of miss out on a lot of demand potential, which is still at the hospital. So when we worked with the home care agencies and that was our entire world, we didn't realize that they actually leave at the door the majority of the cases that they get referred to. So we said, okay, so now we had to reposition the service and include discharge plan- planners and case managers mm-hmm. and cases that are still in the hospital. And so, and through that, you know, through every one of these uh, learnings and pivots is expensive. Uh, requires uh, changes to the operation, changes to the technology, uh, changes to the go-to-market. Uh, and the learnings, I think w- what I learned from all these changes is that every, every problem is a multi-layered onion that you keep on peeling a, a layer and you find another layer, then you peel that layer and you find another layer. And that you always have to look out for what is the learning and how do you improve the business. Right. Uh, to, to meet the, the challenges that you've identified. And also, I think I learned that it's really, really important to have a really good team working with you. And I'm very lucky to have a management team and a broader team that is uh, both committed to, to the overall vision of the company, which n- didn't change throughout all these changes and pivots, mm-hmm. and are, through all these changes, work well as, as a team. And as a CEO... 
I think when you hit one of these uh, walls or roadblock, you come to your team and you say to them, listen, guys, you know, this, this is not working. We need to figure out something else. And the response of your team is excitement. <laughs> Basically, all right, <laughs> great. You know, there's a challenge. All right, you get the data. Uh, we'll do some phone calls. We'll put together some landing pages. I'll send some emails. And, you know, <laughs> this kind of energizes you as a CEO. I, right. In many of these cases, I come to these meetings kind of a little bit with the tail between my legs and, you know, go, oh, guys, you know, you know, this is what's happening and, you know, I'm not sure what to do. And you come out of this meeting thinking, okay, wow, great. We've, <laughs> you know, we, we, we have a project. <laughs> We're going to be okay. <laughs> We're going to be okay and, and we are okay. And, so, yeah. and yeah. so these are the two learns, I think. One is learn quickly. So if you're an entrepreneur or just anybody that's in a job, I think if don't sort of sweep the problems under the carpet. On the contrary, you have uh, early indicators of concern about your business model or your, the viability of your offering. Uh, start peeling the onions there and start to figure out what's the problem and put it on the table and take it to your team and say, I think there's a problem there. And the second thing is, uh, yeah, take it to the team because uh, in many cases, uh, you'll be surprised by the response and it's going to be an excitement and enthusiasm to solve a new problem and to create a new business model. And so uh, you'll come out of it also smiling and energized and motivated on the other side. Love it. Well, hey, that's a testament to the team you've built there, Asaf. I know it's, uh, and if you have somebody that doesn't respond in that way, it's an opportunity for you to, to shift some seats. Um, uh, yes, uh, even though in a team dynamic, uh, and again, this is where I think people do more for their teams than for their bosses. So if the team takes that as a challenge, as an opportunity, usually everybody uh, kind of aligns to it. And even people that are sort of more kind of doubters and uh, risk averse, which I think every good te team will have them. So you don't yeah, want... that's true. I think you don't want to exclude people from the team back just because they are the ones that say, hey, I think there's a problem here. I think that it's not going to work. It's a good call. Uh, yeah, because a good team needs to have, you know, the, the person that runs forward and then think, jumps and then thinks, but also mm -hmm. the person that thinks a lot before they jump because they, they, this diversity creates value. Totally agree, man. Totally agree. Wow, some some great thoughts that uh, you've shared with us here, and and I really appreciate the the approach that you guys are taking. What would you say is your favorite book? I saw. Good question. I, I enjoyed recently reading actually uh, some of Dale Carnegie books, especially during these times where we're all yeah. stuck at home and <laughs> and need some positive thinking. And uh, there is a good book thing called uh, "Stop Worrying and Start Living." Love it. And, you know, it's written in a very uh, clear and easy language and explains, you know, and really takes you through kind of the reasons not to worry and to uh, take risks in your life. And when we're all stuck at home and can't do much with ourselves and sometimes get a little bit depressed, I recommend uh, this book to everybody, you know, to, to, to go through it and feel a little bit better. Love it. Such a great book and a, and a great philosophy. Stop worrying. Stop. Start living. And, uh, and this has been an incredible interview, Asaf. So I really appreciate your, your, uh, your thoughts and the work that you guys are doing at Swift Shift. Can you leave us with a closing thought? And then the best place where the listeners could contact you or your team to learn more. 
I think the, the closing thought is that, you know, these times of Corona uh, are a good opportunity to reevaluate uh, everything in our life. We're sitting at home. We're, we're spending more time with the people that uh, we care about. And uh, it's a good opportunity to reevaluate our priorities and think about what the world is going to look like on the other side of this, because it's not going to be the same. And when you're thinking through these opportunities and sitting at home, think about really the opportunity of doing meaningful work in your community, uh, in, uh, in home care or health care, because it's, an, it's a growing industry that needs people. And we'll need a lot of people uh, also after uh, Corona. And uh, we'll allow you to continue and work locally and travel less. And if you do it uh, with us, with SwiftShift, we also make sure that you are working with a team uh, that you like or that you, that you can work with, that you can collaborate with, that you work on cases that are your choice in hours that you choose and help you uh, progress your career. So, uh, yeah, give it a thought. And if you would like to hear more, feel free to reach out to me uh, through the LinkedIn or my email, which is uh, asaf at uh, swiftshift.com or just visit our website. And that's it. Outstanding, Asaf. And uh, just again, want to thank you so much for sharing the story the vision and the work that you guys are doing. It's making a huge difference and uh, really appreciate you spending some time with us today. Thank you, Saul. And, and thanks for uh, giving, giving me and uh, people like me a platform to you know, take our message to, to the masses, uh, even during these crazy times and you yourself work in, uh, you know, in the healthcare industry. So I'm sure that uh, you're not looking for things to do with your time at the moment. So thanks for the opportunity. And uh, yeah, maybe uh, we'll be happy to have the opportunity to talk to you again sometime in the future.